Hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Hello and welcome to episode 50. I'm your host, pain relief specialist and mind-body coach, Molly Jager. Hi, how are you? Today I am celebrating episode 50 and I'm glad you're here to celebrate it with me. If you're new to me, have a look back through the first 49 episodes. There's lots of good stuff in there. And for today's 50th episode, I want to spend some time talking about the antidote to pain. Because I spend a lot of time talking about pain and how to get out of pain. And of course, that's kind of the thing here on this podcast. But today I want to devote our time and attention together toward something else that is waiting, that is available for you beyond pain. It's a little bit of a trick that because we're in pain and we want to be out of pain, that we can focus so much on the pain itself. It draws us in, it kind of mesmerizes us and our attention to stay there when really part of the trick is to be there and present, but also with a view beyond so that we have that kind of door open, a crack or wide open that we can move in the direction that we want and not get caught cycling around just pain itself. It's tricky, but you can do it. And today I'm going to help you by focusing on what it is that when you bring more of this into your life, put your attention more on these parts of life, that pain diminishes and I'll explain the science behind it a little bit and then I want to spend most of the time just uh, diving into these wonderful, wonderful things that we get to experience in life. And I want to give you a, a few experiences. I'm going to gu- I'll walk you through a process. I'm going to guide you through a kind of visualization because that's fun and we want more of that in our life we want more of that in our body and in our neural pathways in our neural network sound good yes i think so too i need it myself and so often if i need it i know somebody else out there needs it so for today what we're going to be what i'm going to be talking about is as i said the antidote to pain Now, the definition of antidote is a medicine taken or given to counteract a particular poison. A medicine taken or given to counteract a particular poison. Now, the poison in this case is not the pain itself. The poison 
is the way that pain draws us in and mesmerizes us, is the way that pain affects and infects our thinking and our energy. That's what's toxic. Uh, The pain itself, when we know how to deal with it and encounter it in a positive, healthy way, can become a catalyst for positive change. It's all the other stuff, the, um, I said toxic, but the definition was poison. All the other stuff like the depression, the perfectionism, the shame, the anger that turns inward, the criticism that turns inward around pain. That's the part of pain that prolongs it and is the, according to this definition, the poison. It's the kind of, mm. (laughs) I don't want you to feel like you have poison in your bodies, but that's the relationship to the definition, right? So the antidote to counteract that part of the experience is, has to do with how you manage, focus your attention, manage and focus your attention. Because when people talk about pain management, really what they're talking about is how do you not let pain become everything that you are and dictate your entire life? Now, I talk about breaking the cycle of pain and moving beyond pain. So there's a difference between pain management and breaking the cycle of pain and moving beyond it. But the difference is really subtle. The difference in, in many ways is simply knowing that you can break the cycle, is simply being aware that it's even possible to go from chronic migraines and ongoing persistent pain to having a body that is free and easy to move in. Because so many people don't even know that that's possible, they that part of the experience is not available to them. But if you're here on this podcast for the first time, tell you first of all, it's possible. And so just knowing that helps to support the activity that's required or the focus that's required or the intention that you need to bring in order to create the antidote itself because the antidote isn't something external that somebody's created that they give you it's something that you reach out for you create within yourself and you source from within your environment and I'll explain all of this more clearly but let me just start with really simple science I've talked about this before but it always uh, is good to repeat which is that you have billions of neurons. Yes. And this number, while huge, is not infinity. And one neuron is one neuron. And when that one neuron is busy processing pain, it's busy processing pain. And that's what it's doing. It's not busy uh, exploring new colors on your favorite painting or thinking about the taste of this delicious peach cobbler you just ordered, (laughs) 
or uh, uh, watching like nature float by as you go for a walk, right? It's busy with something else. Just as if there is a worker on 67th and Baltimore Avenue working on a project, that worker is not available to put their time and energy on a project over at 22nd and Baltimore. A neuron is one neuron. A brick that's holding up one building out of a, a million bricks. It's a huge warehouse, right? That one brick can't be supporting or holding up another building. It's busy where it's at. Luckily, your nervous system is not like a building of bricks. It's much more flexible and malleable than that. And not only is it flexible and malleable, it wants to, it is open to being diverted or to change. If you yourself are open to creating that change, taking the action that leads to change. Now be gentle with yourself here because it takes time. So the science is that if you've had chronic pain for a long time, hey, guess what? Your brain reflects that. The parts of your brain that process pain, they have a lot of neurons. They're bigger than in other people who don't have pain, who haven't been living with chronic pain because your brain has really been focusing on that for a long time, albeit for the probably unconsciously, I mean, you, you're aware that you've been focusing on pain, but probably you haven't been aware of this antidote. So that's okay. And the wonderful thing about that is that brains change all the freaking time. All the time, brains, they're ready to change. They just need your willingness and your awareness that that's possible. So important. And when we start engaging in activities and things that are the antidote, it creates that change in our brain. Brains change. Your brain can change all the way up until the day you die. So there's no excuse for however long you've lived with pain, for however old you are, for whatever you think is possible or not possible at your age. I don't care. It's possible to change your brain. Now, I didn't say it was easy. I'm not saying it's easy, right? And I'll tell you why. It's not easy because your brain doesn't want you to put a lot of energy into changing. So here I'm saying your brain wants to change. (laughs) The next moment I'm saying, I'm saying it's open and I'm saying it doesn't want it. Here's the thing is that you have to learn to be able to work with your brain and the way your brain functions. Now, let me just open this up a little bit by saying and reminding you that when I say brain, I'm not just talking about the mass of flesh, uh, uh, not flesh, but the mass of stuff, whatever it is. in your skull. I'm talking about something that runs throughout your entire body. I'm talking more about your nervous system and all that extension of your mind, right? And when you learn how to work with 
that part of yourself, that aspect of your human body, you can create the environment that makes, that allows your brain to open up to change, right? And again, one of the biggest keys here is simply to know this, is simply to know it and then start utilizing it. So back to the beginning of the science, right? If you have one neuron that's busy processing pain, that's what that neuron is doing. It's not available. And the thing is, is that this word mesmerized is really uh, apt because that is kind of what happens when we're having an overactive threat signal slash pain signal uh, over firing in our life. It seems to like self-reinforce the idea that there's a threat. We experience some kind of vague uh, subconscious sense of threat. Our nervous system creates the pain signal. And then we feel, oh, we're in pain. There is some kind of threat. And the threat we then think of or consider consciously is that we have pain in our body. And the pain sensation itself becomes the threat that we experience And then layered on top of that is anything that we think might cause that pain that we are believing or suspecting, like if it's something in your diet, like caffeine or chocolate or some kind of stress in your life or some kind of activity, this is all layered into this category of threat, right? So it starts to reinforce itself. And that's why I always talk about the pain cycle. So we get mesmerized into this belief that, oh, there is a threat. Oh, there is a real problem that I need to fix, that needs fixing, right? And you, if you imagine it, it's kind of like uh, tearing yourself away from this mesmerizing screen because when you feel like you're under threat, it feels like you have to pay attention to it, right? It feels like, but I have to pay attention here because that is what it's designed to get you to do. It's designed to alert alert your attention so that you can do something. But if that threat is a misfire, right? If it's not really a genuine threat, then how do you, um, continuing to pay attention to it, gives the impression, right? Reinforces the quote unquote belief, the subconscious expectation that the threat is real. You following me? So this is the difficulty. This is the, this is the hard part of applying the antidote or creating the antidote. So first you have to realize that it's possible to move beyond pain You have to realize that the sense of threat that you feel is the sense of it is real in that you, you really feel it, right? It feels like really real, (laughs) if that makes sense. But in fact, there is no genuine threat to your safety, right? There is no genuine threat to your safety. And so just like you want to explain or communicate a sense of safety to a toddler who's afraid of thunder, that 
you communicate to yourself. There is no threat here. We can be safe. We can feel safe. We can feel calm. We can calm ourselves down and move toward the something else or as I'm about to describe, the antidote. So what would be an antidote to a toddler who's freaking out because there's a thunderstorm? What would you do if you were alone with a toddler and they were freaking out in a thunderstorm? Now, I don't care if you've never had a toddler in your life, you can probably think of an idea, right? Or what would you do if somebody was scared and you knew that they were going to be okay but they were freaking out they were nervous maybe they had to go on stage and do some performance right and what would you do you knew that they were going to be safe that they were just nervous right they're like you have no idea my whole life is about to fall apart and I'm completely convinced of that I have to go on stage you don't have to go on stage (laughs) and they're completely convinced in themselves, in their subconscious, that they're in a very threatening, scary situation, let's say, and you're the person who's there supporting them. You don't have to go on stage. How would you help them move beyond that anxiety and fear? How would you help them in that moment? What would you do? There's so many things. You might try distracting them. You might try breathing. You might try engaging them in conversation. You might try uh, asking them what they want. You might try uh, making them laugh. You might try rubbing their back or giving them water. You know, the list is endless, but probably you have some really good ideas. And these are all antidotes. Now, the difference is knowing the power of what you are doing intentionally. Knowing the power of taking these alternative routes, this taking creative action in another direction. Knowing the power of that and leaning into it, that's the difference. Whether you're thinking, oh, the pain isn't going to go away and it's always going to be there and it's horrible and it's nasty and my life is awful and all I can do is distract myself, but the pain is always going to come back. Versus, I'm going to take control of this moment I'm going to be present. I'm going to use my creative capacity to turn my attention in another direction on purpose because I know, I know that this is ultimately part of my pathway to break the cycle of pain once and for all, eventually. Once and for all in terms of having chronic ongoing pain. We're always going to have pain in our life. At times, we're human. We have human bodies, right? We can't live without experiencing pain. Once you know this bigger picture, then that lends power to your action that you take. It kind of buoys it. It maximizes it. It 
um, supports it. And it allows you to continue coming back to it. So I think one of the things that happens is that people feel very like uh, you want an immediate result, right? But just imagine that there's all these neurons that are there that are like, we're busy. We've got something to deal with. It's a high threat situation. Sorry, can't help you over there with your creative writing project. (laughs) Or moving around, rolling around on the floor. Like, we can't help you there. We're busy. Now, that's going to keep happening because there are these habits. And your neurons are like, we're there. You know, we're busy. And you just keep, no, here we are gently inviting yourself to create these other opportunities for yourself. And you do it again. And then you feel the results and you lean into what you feel and you lean into what you feel again and then you do it again. And you lean into the results and you lean into what you feel. You sense it, you feel it, you describe it, you taste it, you roll around in it. And then the next day, week or whatever, when you have time, you do it again. You do it again and you do it again. Yeah, because your body is continuing to move around. Your neurons are continuing to move around. They're not stopping just because you'd rather um, crash out on the couch or check out in front of your phone. You know, your neurons are still moving. And I'm telling you, I just read or I'm just about to read the book 10X. And I never was attracted by it because I thought, it's just one of those like bro marketing books, but what it the basis, the principle of it is, my husband just read it and he was telling me, is basically that what however many times you think you need to do something in order to get the result you want, 10 times that. That's how many times you need to do it, right? So if you think you need to do it 20 times, then really it's like 200. But calm down. <laughs> calm down because here's the joy of it it's actually enjoyable and so let's do it now together to give you an idea so you can do this with me right now or you can just listen and do it later when you have time if you are like driving in your car or something like that it might be a little tricky to do I want you to be safe (laughs) so if you're driving in a car Maybe just listen and then you can follow along when you get home. Now, uh, great to do this outside. Really, really good. However, if you're inside, go to a window. If you, if you can go outside, take me outside with you. Put on your jacket. If it's cold, go take me outside and sit down somewhere. And if you're just inside, that's fine. But sit by a window. Because we want to be able to look out and see things uh, that move, right? That move and that the human eye can see moving. (laughs) Because one of the things that happens or one of the things that we need is to draw our attention or to give ourselves something else to be drawn out of ourselves, and offer that invitation. 
Now, as you're kind of getting to your place and figuring out where to go, I'll just um, describe to you the purpose of this and what we'll do. One of the best focal points, if not the best focal point, if not the only, like if I really stretch my brain, I, I don't know. I think the only way to redirect that kind of cyclical thinking is through your sensations, through the root of your body, through your sensory organs, through your touch, through sound, through sight, uh, through taste. Although for some of us, we might have a complicated relationship with that particular one. But I remember this wonderful meditation once where you like, put a raisin in your mouth and you like suck on it for, you know, 10 minutes or something like that and explore how it changes, right? That's an example of the kind of thing that you can do. I know that that somebody that I admire used to do these uh, awareness through awareness eating workshops. Wonderful. Same kind of thing where you're using your senses to draw you out, right? And what are your senses, but like a window to your connection with the world around you, right? Your senses are a window to the connection, to your connection to the world around you. And they also are required in order for you to feel safe. Because one of the things if you think about it, and Lisa Philman Barrett talks about this with emotions, you have this system inside you, your nervous system or your brain, however you want to think about it. And it's inside in the dark and it's requiring or relying on all these, uh, on all this data from all these sensory parts of yourself. And without that, it can't suss out where you are and whether or not you are safe. So not only are you drawing yourself out and into the world around you, but also you're allowing your natural design to function as it needs to in order to feel a sense of safety. If you can't find yourself if you don't have sense of your body, of your of space around you, uh, then there's a part of you that's like in the dark. So just giving yourself time for this to kind of soak up your environment and pay attention is helping to create that sense of safety in your subconscious. So many good things. So you can do this in whatever way that you choose, I'm going to walk you through one example to kind of give you a taste of it. But if you have activities that you enjoy, that you love to do, these are the things that you can think of as your own unique antidote. And you can come up with like a, uh, what is it? A subscription, uh, subscription. Yeah, a subscription. No, prescription. <laughs> a prescription for yourself, gathering together all the different ways that you know of to draw yourself out of the cyclical thinking, to get interested, to get inspired, to get engaged. What are the things that you can do? Maybe it's singing at the piano. 
Can you do that? Do you love to do that? When is the last time you've done that? Maybe it's going for a walk or to the park, sitting on a bench. Maybe it's for me, one of the things I love to do is to roll around on the floor. Like literally I lie down on the floor. I just let myself go. And then I start gently moving and that inevitably leads to me rolling around because that's what feels good. And that's where my attention gets generally drawn. Like, oh, this is interesting. And then I'm just there with my forehead rolling around on the floor. (laughs) If that's you too, awesome. Let it roll, baby. Okay, so you're in your place, hopefully, where you're going to be. And we're just going to start with something that's uh, touch. So just start rubbing your hands back and forth in this way where you're kind of uh, rubbing down the length of your palm towards your wrist and then the other hand goes down, fingertips go down. So you're kind of going left to right in front of your face and your hands are just softly and rhythmically moving in this way as you're rubbing or caressing your palms and fingers and your fingers are kind of straight and you're just kind of swaying side to side and you can even have your elbows resting on a tabletop or some surface if you like and here I'm doing it and I notice that my body wants to sway with my hands to the left and right So you can just softly do that. And as you caress your hands, can your fingers start to be soft and can you feel the sensation of the contours of one hand and the other hand? And can you hear the sound? Let yourself tune into that sound and the sensation. Maybe you feel some heat, some warmth, and soften your jaw. And then what happens if you very slightly begin to speed that up, like incrementally? Speed it up a little bit. And a little bit more, and just a little bit more, and staying soft and speeding up just a little bit more, a little bit more, until you've changed the rhythm entirely and you're going quite fast, maybe very fast, rubbing your hands vigorously. And then, in the same gradual way, start to slow it down. Gradually, gradually, moment by moment, slow down the rhythm of this rubbing of your hands until it falls back into a very gentle cadence. And then find that cadence, that rhythm that is sustaining and breathe, breathe into it. Nice, let that go and then 
Just rest your hands wherever is comfortable. And now, find a place where if you're at a window, you're looking out the window, or if you're outside, find something that's still like the trunk of a tree or the corner of a house or a rock or the side of a car, some place where you can rest your eyes some point and just give yourself a few moments to find it. So just gaze out in front of you, see the world, see the things, and find some corner of something or point where you feel drawn and then just let your eyes become softly settled to gaze continuously at that point. And feel how you can just relax everything around this gaze and let your eyes kind of move into a gentle stare and let it evolve, let it happen, don't force it. If you're blinking a lot, just let that, whatever needs to happen around this gaze, whatever movement, let it be breathing. Ah, nice. And as you gaze at this point, settling into it, notice the distance between you and it, or this point. Ah. And then notice how without even trying, your eyes still gently gazing, gently fixated on this point, you start to become aware of movement in your peripheral vision. So just let that happen naturally, that you are keeping your eyes on this point and you allow yourself to become aware of something moving somewhere in the periphery or maybe just behind the point where you're looking or to the side of it without even trying your senses start to pick up this extra peripheral movement in your vision and then maybe there's other things that you can see that you become aware of And then just allow this to be an internal experience so that you feel the stillness in you. And then around that stillness, can you sense any movement on any level, no matter how subtle? Maybe some breathing twitching, a shifting, a kind of buzzing, floating energy here that may be somewhat intangible or indescribable, but you sense it. Yeah. 
Feel that part of yourself. Breathe into it. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. When I exhaled, this gust of wind just came through and blew through these bamboo trees that are off in the distance of my vision. It was pretty cool. (laughs) And feel the quality of your presence. Feel the quality of your attention. Now, for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to share with you that there might be an in and out awareness of some kind of pain sensation. Right now, I have a headache, kind of, but through that whole process that I was guiding you, I wasn't aware of any pain sensation. And right towards the end, when I was coming out of it, I felt the headache again. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I mean when I say the antidote to pain. Now, I'm not saying that my headache is going to go away and my life is going to be just ecstatic and blissful in this state of, you know, wandering attention (laughs) in the moment. I've got kids. I've got a husband. (laughs) I've got work, whatever. But what I've just given myself and what hopefully you've given yourself is a very nourishing experience. And I know that I can give that, I can provide that for myself whenever I need it. And that it is relieving, that it is soothing, that it counteracts the pain signal. In my brain, in my body, in my experience of life in the moment. Yeah? And the more I offer myself these kinds of opportunities, the more alive this part of myself becomes. And it's the same for you because you also have a brain and a body and a nervous system. The more you offer yourself this, the more alive it becomes for you. So just feel that sense of aliveness, a kind of quality that's present no matter what. Even at the same time that you might feel pain, there's something that is deeper and broader and more expansive than that that you can sink down into and bring your attention toward. And the power of that is huge. But do you see how it's also enjoyable? Right? Do you see how this is like, oh, you're saying I have to do this 200 times? Okay, great. (laughs) It's not like you have to do thigh lifts 200 times and it's painful the whole time. 
No, it's like, oh, you're saying I have to go dip into this magical experience of my body, my senses in the world where I feel more connected. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, maybe I can do that. Of course, what's hard is pulling yourself away from the mesmerizing tragedy that's unfolding around you or within you, right? It's like pulling yourself away from the drama, pulling yourself away from the suffering, pulling yourself away from the story that is so important. It must be focused on. That's what's difficult, right? But once you get into that other realm where you create the antidote, then it becomes more available to you. So that's it. That's episode 50. I hope you enjoyed me. Uh, enjoyed me. <laughs> I mean, I hope you enjoyed the experience. And I hope that you feel like you can give this self to your more, yourself more. I feel like I'm just kind of like, gushing a little bit over here like I'm just gushing in my body like I just feel like movement I'm gonna finish this podcast I might go take a shower I might roll around on the floor so whatever you feel like you want to do you go for it do it give yourself that and I'm gonna leave you with a poem you ready this is I'm recording this podcast on February 15th And a couple of years ago, my husband gifted me uh, a book of A Year with Rumi, Daily Readings, and of course, translated by Coleman Barks, Rumi authority, (laughs) Rumi translator. And for those of you who haven't heard of Rumi before, Rumi was a Sufi poet, a Sufi mystic who wrote poetry amazing things who wrote amazing things and Coleman Barks is uh has translated a number of his writings and when I first read Rumi I used to read a lot of the uh yours I used to think of it as romantic my western brain thought of it as like love poems and I read once which is fine that's fine they're very wonderful love poems But I read once from somebody who grew up reading in Iran, in what used to be Persia, where Rumi uh, lived at the time, um, who talked about these kinds of Sufi poets and Rumi as like that their love wasn't the simple romantic love, but love of God, love of being, love of life. And so I want to invite you to consider the poem that I'm going to read you today on that larger level, that more expansive plane. And I want to also invite you to think of the human body and the human life as very, um, the movement being very circular rather than linear, that it is twisty and turny and round and less uh, linear and straight. Like even the bones that are long and straight have twists and turns in them. So I'm just going to preface it like that and enjoy. You ready? So this poem 
is the poem for February 15th, which is the day I'm recording this podcast. It's called Whoever's Calm and Sensible. There is a light seed grain inside. You fill it with yourself or it dies. I'm caught in this curling energy. Your hair. Whoever's calm and sensible is insane. There you go. Go roll on the floor like you're insane. Go contemplate a leaf and let other people watch you staring at nothing like you're insane. (laughs) Go be insensible and enjoy your life through your amazing, magical, mystical, sensual body. And I'll see you next week. What's up this week? So I wanted to remind you about the free workshop I gave already, but that is available if you didn't get to come. But right now, if you want it, you have to email me or send me a DM and let me know. You can do that at molly at movetonourish.com. That's movetonourish.com. Let me know and I'll just send you the link. Or you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook. And if you're not already, following me on Instagram. I'm having so much fun over there. I want you to come over and join me at move to nourish, but it's a two. It's the number two, not the word. So come over and join me at move to nourish and say, hi, follow me. I'm doing lots of fun videos and stuff over there. And I want to see you on Instagram. And other than that, just stay tuned because I'm going to be releasing more things in the area of migraines in the next couple of weeks. So if you know somebody who is struggling with migraines, send them my way. Let them know that there's some free information available for them. And if you want to work with me, let's get started. I'm here. I've got a wonderful client that I just started working with and already is experiencing so many wonderful effects from our work together, like less pain, among many other wonderful things that they're enjoying. So <laughs> if that's something like that you want to experience within a few weeks, instead of struggling on your own over a number of months and still uncertain about whether or not you're doing the right thing, if you want help, if you know that that's something that you're really uh I was going to say desirous of, right? That's a word. If you know you want that, please reach out to me. I would love to help you. I would love to support you through this process and make sure that you're getting the results that you want and that you're on track and that you know that you're on track, right? That's the key. Uh, The way to reach out to me for that is to schedule a console call. And uh, I'll put a link to that into the show notes. You can always find a consult a link to those calls on my Instagram, on Facebook, on my website, www.movetonourish.com. That's movetonourish.com. And just check out any of those places. And of course, you can always email me. <sighs> I will see you in one of those places. And if not, I'll see you back on the podcast next week. Bye.